Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 138. My name is Scroobius Pip. Thank you for tuning in, guys. How are you all? Uh, I mean, like, answer out loud if you could. How, how, how are, how are you? Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Thank you all for tuning in recently. We've had some great reactions to the last couple of weeks of podcasts with the the wonderful eccentric Wim Hof um, in episode 136 and the amazing, in, intelligent and informative and, and still Evander Lees. That's I did a post about this and I often get nice tweets about podcasts, but the episode with Ancilla was the first time I got like three emails on the day about it. And, and people normally i still got nice tweets and that but it's rare that people will go to the they'll or be so inspired and fired up by a podcast that they'll they'll send a big email so that was great glad you enjoyed that today's guest is the wonderful Catherine ryan but before i get to that i will mention speech com, who sponsor the podcast we're running out of a lot of the good podcast stuff there and we will be doing more stuff at some point but for the time being swoop while you can we've got the drunk cast tees we've still got them available in most sizes like if you've not heard the drunk cast is me my mate chris and my mate Stu, who i recorded an episode of their new podcast this week so that'll be out soon we've got a design each and you can go and choose your design but yeah there's the drunk cast ones there's the distraction pieces team three three w ones there's loads of good stuff so go and check it all out at speechdevelopmentrecords.com. It's a good way to support the podcast, but a lot of podcasts do Patreons and all these different kind of donation pages. If my thinking is, look, I have the podcast for free. I've got sponsors and adverts and that, which you have to, to sit through. But um, if you want to contribute something financially, I'd rather you buy something and get some value for your money rather than the podcast that you've already, already uh, listened to for free. Anyway, I'm rambling. Another thing that you can spend your money on, I mean, you've already spent your money on Netflix because everyone's got Netflix. And Catherine Ryan, this week's guest, has got her brand new special out on Netflix. Um, Actually, as I'm recording this, um, I've been a a bit ill, but I've been touring about recording more podcasts. So yesterday I did, I spent 12 hours behind the wheel of my car to get a podcast recorded. And the day before, I didn't spend as many hours. I just went to South London. But I've been getting a fair few recorded. But I'm now, I've got an evening free to kind of recover from being a bit ill. And my evening plans are to watch Catherine Ryan's Netflix special. So I'm looking forward to that. But she was a wonderful guest. It was the first time we'd met properly. I think we'd kind of half met up in Edinburgh once, ages ago, Um but I'm kind of awkward in social situations, so I probably just said a brief hello and then got on my way. Um, but it was a wonderful one, and as you will hear from the podcast, part of the great excitement was meeting her wonderful dogs. Um, and her daughter who was great, but you know, I'm, I really like dogs, and they were the exact kind of tiny, cute dogs that I adore. So that I was in heaven. I spent the whole podcast with a dog either at my feet or just just peeping over my shoulders. So one of my favourite podcasts I've ever recorded. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'll be back at the end to tell you about upcoming podcasts. We've got, um, on next week's one, we've got a recent BAFTA winner. 
a 2017 BAFTA winner, which is exciting. Yeah, I've got tons, tons to come. As I said, I've recorded a fair few ahead. So, but I'll talk about that at the end. For now, enjoy episode 138 with Catherine Ryan. start to bug you i can usher them out they they i 100% guarantee i'm excited to be around the dogs okay. they're very oh, i mean i've started talk me through the dogs i'm with Catherine ryan i should introduce you before we introduce Hello. the dogs yeah you've always got to explain the dogs yeah i feel like to be a single mom and a stand-up comedian is not enough of a catch <laughs> so why not throw in tiny dogs that shiver and piss from their eyes I'm just like three different ones as well. It's, it's not like you've got a, a a specific that you're into and you're getting loads of them. You're like let's yeah. let's collect let's collect a few. Well, I had a dog that was this one. It was a teacup Shih Tzu yeah. when I was 20 years old, and he was called Biggie. Yeah, because he was black. Yep, and he was a gangster. And um, he died because he was just too small. You're not really meant to have a dog as small. As, like she's yeah. 1.5 kilograms. That's and he was smaller. Yeah, she's smaller. Than- than my shoes yeah like, genuinely <laughs> she's uh she's super cute so that's really what i wanted yeah but when i moved to the uk they kind of just didn't have them here so i got dolly she's a tibetan spaniel because i thought that breed seemed better with kids i had yep. violet by then my yep. daughter and then i got a teacup yorkie because I, was, I like small dogs they sit on you and they're like they don't smell or anything. I like and they look awesome in hoodies. I mean, he's got a great <laughs> yeah. little hoodie. He's, he's styling it all out. It's a yeah. It's a big look. It's he's so great. I mean, I love dogs. I really am living my dreams. Yeah. I just feel like that's what we all want to do is just have, have like all these tiny dogs. But I am covered in puppies. If I have to get up quickly, you know the lady from the Simpsons cartoon yeah, yeah, yeah. throws cats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like that. Then sometimes. animals will go. F- flying off you and they are small enough to all be comfortably on you at once that's yeah. that's what's amazing about them um Quite thank sad. you for making some time and no. uh, and having a chat I, I as i was driving here i realized i've been um in this area uh, once before and it mm-hmm. was was recently and it was to go to the police st- station Uh-oh. to do an identity parade <gasps> to, to try and spot someone in an identity parade not to be in one no um and yeah it was it was incredible. It was far more complex and confusing than I knew. Have you ever done yes, identity parade? I have, and they called it. They invited me to a video parade. They that's, called that's it. That's what I had. Yeah, and I was thinking elephants. Yeah. What's going to happen? Jugglers? <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. And what it is, as you will know, is just yeah. not in person anymore. Like it yeah. is on the crime shows. It's just a video of different. But men. They, it makes it a lot harder, I think, because previously my assumption would be they'll get a few people from around the area that look mildly similar. Mm-hmm. Whereas because they've got a video database, I went in there knowing the two people I was meant to identify. Yeah. I could not identify <gasps> either of them. Cause I was just like, they got everyone had the same haircut, really similar bone structure, yeah. hi, everything. And I was just like, oh, also damn it. they completely discount energy doing that. Yeah. Have they ever heard of the killer whale and how they communicate as a group? Yeah. What if you would know the perpetrator's energy in the room? It completely takes it away yeah, in a video. I get him. I get his vibe. But it was just, yeah. I, 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 I came all the way up here and I was so confident. I was like, well, this is it. So I'll what? nail the two 
criminals. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was walking home one night and two guys got out of their car and, and beat up another guy. And I, I stepped in and intervened and the guy got choked unconscious and Whoa. they ran off. And it was in London, so no one else stayed around to pay any attention. So I waited and gave my details. And yeah, I was like, right, I'm completing this this crime fighting route. And I had to say, I can't tell you who. You said I, that. Yeah, I, I, I literally, I said, I, I on on each of the two two runs of videos, I saw probably two people. It definitely wasn't. Yeah. And about three people, it possibly could have been. But again, I genuinely, as, as funny as it is, I agree that if they were in the room yeah. and moving the kind of stance of the guys I remembered quite well, but just yeah. it's like why Tinder doesn't work. Confusing. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's Not that we I can know, completely choose the, 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 the representation. And did they have a chat with you before? Because they had a pep talk with me. What happened uh, before my video parade yeah. was um, I just got mugged. I've been mugged a few times in oh, Crouch wow. End, just at 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Wow. Because they'll target uh, women with small children. Yeah. We're not going to put up much of a chase. Yeah, it's While horrible. it was smaller. Yeah. And um, they, they said, make sure, even if you aren't sure, say in the room that it's definitely, definitely him because any hesitation they'll use to get him off. Yeah. And I thought about it for a minute and I think... I might have fingered the wrong man. I guess, I mean, the fact is, there's not actually... Because my thinking was, well, if I'm not certain, I'm not I'm not certain. But the fact is, the other people in there, they're not going to go, oh, well, that guy that just came in for a photo, he's now under arrest. Do you know what I mean? There's only one in there that it is. Are they just if that makes guys, sense. like extras? Yeah, it tends to actors? be. Like, I think you get paid for it and you get invited in to be... Yeah, to have your your your, oh. your image logged in identity parade. It's not like here's the five guys that we think it might be, and but that only occurred to me afterwards that I could have just gone. Well, let's go with that one, and I'll yeah. say hundred percent. It's hundred percent them. But in my mind, I was like, I don't want the wrong person to go to prison. But no. again, they're not going to go just ring up and say three years ago you gave a photo in to be part of our identity <laughs> yeah. parades. You're now under arrest for although a that's the perfect crime. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go in now just in case anything kicks off. Submit yourself. I will. (laughs) So you're ready and and, and covered. But then the irony could be you could be in an identity parade against yourself. Uh Uh-huh. Because if they take a new picture when they've arrested you and don't realise that the other picture is you, (laughs) just five pictures of you, yep. They'll be like, it's this one, this older, fatter one. I'll be like, wait a minute. (laughs) I look great. Um, So... I want to kind of talk about everything, so okay. that's going to take a long time. But let's start by mentioning, and we'll get around to it more at the end, but you've got your new special on, on Netflix, and it will have come out, uh, this is coming out the week after, so it'll be available now on Netflix. So how's that? Is that your first one on Netflix? It your is, first? Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I seem really exotic and interesting, <laughs> I think, because people go, oh, you sound American. Yeah. And so you must be this celebrity in America who's flown in for this gig in the basement of Weatherspoons in Bedford. No, that's not how it goes. It's a great scam. Uh huh. So I live here. I've lived here ten years. I haven't had a career anywhere else, mm. and I'm actually very difficult to sell. I think without the silly accent. So when I gig at the Just for Laughs Festival in yeah. Canada, and I open for Amy Schumer on a tour in Canada yeah. once, people were not aware what was going on at all they can't really it's make weird, sense isn't it? yeah they're like you but wait hang on you're canadian yeah but you live in britain but you don't have an accent but we've never heard of you because i don't work over there it's too confusing and it's weird uh, with comedy because 
the the initial acceptance can be a massive thing if someone's yeah. ready if like you'll know from going from open mics to your own crowd when they're there for you they're there ready to find you hilarious Mm -hmm. therefore in a way it's that bit easier to get them laughing so again if there's that assumption oh this person must have come a long way and be very successful already that's that's half the job done so you're kind of the kings of leon of comedy because they (laughs) because they had that they got huge over here and then i found out all my american mates were like who are the Kings of Leon? Yeah. I'm like, they're the biggest band. Don't you don't you know about the Kings of Leon? It's interesting though. Oh, that's the dog like snorting. Sorry. <laughs> she makes these noises. You should hear her at it's night. It's a great noise. She's like a man at night. Yeah. I'll put it down because that <laughs> won't stop the more tired she gets. Um, Just a little snoring so, animal. I love Netflix. I think it's the future. I, I don't know many people agree. who yeah. don't have Netflix. So I think it's cool. I'm excited, obviously. My mum was anti-Netflix <gasps> for ages. Because when it was DVDs? I, oh no, I told her about Netflix and she looked into it and was furious that you can't download stuff. Oh. Which now you can. Yeah. But again, I was like, well, it's a streaming server. It was such a weird specific that she was like, no, I'm not interested if you can't, <laughs> if you can't download it. But yeah, she's now into it. But yeah, you can now download stuff for, yeah. to watch on the move. I feel like I'm doing a Netflix advert, but I too am a big fan of it. Me too. Well, so, your mum was at the forefront yeah, of Netflix she, development. She, I like it. She made that change. So yeah, so how, how ex- exciting yeah. was it to do it, it, it for Netflix? Because they, they're now, again, this, they've gone from here's a load of stuff to <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. He can play with toys um, to they're producing stuff and they're making their own content. And that's where they're kind of excelling with stranger things and the OA and, and lo- more and more comedy specials. It's really good. So um, you don't have to have uh, the same structure as other sitcoms. If you have something yeah. that's a Netflix original, you can have one episode be 28 minutes, the next be 40 minutes. It's, people that. have a lot more freedom. That's what I, again, it's, it's what, it's what I loved about the OA uh, yeah. recently was exactly that, that yeah. I watched three episodes that were an hour and then one was mm-hmm. 28 minutes or something. It's like, oh, <laughs> oh, that's just, it's as long as it needs to be. That's, yeah. It's beautiful. And it was great. So my special is something silly, like, like I don't know, 57 minutes. or We didn't have to worry about any of that. Yeah. And I can say a lot more. Yeah. I've done some stand-up in the UK on television before and they'll, I, I love letters from commissioners. So, I had something about like fist fucking, not really about that. It was just at the end, I said something about fist fucking and the commissioner had written this email and it said, uh, or the the assistant said, well, the commissioner is completely all right with fisting. He's also completely fine with fucking, but it's the fisting and the fucking together. It's the combination. Do you think that you could say something else? And so we settled on. Uh, she could be wearing me like a watch. Again, that's it's more it's more poetic. If it anything. was better. It, so, potentially, the commissioner has has has, has been that has been that that, that bouncing <laughs> off wall to go. Yeah, you can improve this. It was very helpful, but I <laughs> I am worried about um, the special going out in America and especially Canada. Uh, I kind of slag off my hometown a bit, right? And. I think I don't want to ever hurt people. That's yeah. the thing that um, people think I'm really mean. I find it funny to be a good person. Yeah. Who, I mean, I hope I'm a good person. Yeah, yeah, Maybe yeah. I'm not all yeah. the evidence, but I, I think it's funnier <laughs> to take a position that's completely ungrateful. No graciousness. hundred percent. A lot of people are proud of where they come from. I think it's funny not to be. So yeah. it's not personal, but I'm, I'm worried because this time everyone's going to see it. And again, it, it, 
it, it, it's it's an instant shorthand story there of your in England yeah. and you're slacking off where you're from. It's like wow, you must really like you've come all this way to get away <laughs> yeah. from from that horrible place when. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all in good humor, I guess. As a single mom, 3,000 miles away from anyone who loves me. Yeah. And like those people yeah. who run, but with a knapsack full of rocks. Yeah. Just yeah. like, this is not difficult enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, 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 so how was it going into a recording a special? Because obviously it's a different gig from a regular gig, because I guess there's that bit more more, mm-hmm. more pressure. But I guess the openness of of doing it like the... the the kind of Netflix way is it isn't this kind of as it would have been in the past where it has to be certain beats and certain yeah. breaks and certain points where it can all be broken up and whatnot. Well, they um, commissioned it as a Netflix original, yeah. but we filmed it at the Apollo in yeah. Hammersmith yeah. just as part of my tour. Perfect. And we weren't sure if they were going to buy it or not. Right. So um, you can do that a number of ways. You can have uh, a company front you the money and then if they use it or if they sell it yeah then you get a little bit back but we right. just paid for it ourselves yeah when i say us i mean me and <laughs> <laughs> the royal the royal we. <laughs> and uh i just kind of took a punt really hoping that we could sell it somewhere netflix was the dream obviously yeah. i wanted yeah. it on netflix yeah so then uh they came back and they made their own edits to it and that was good so i, I wasn't oh, actually cool. Super nervous because I didn't know if anyone was ever going to see it. Yeah, I don't that's like perfect, things. Right, that's the perfect yeah. situation where there's that you've got your own expectation, but not that ex- external yeah. pressure. So, so you are being pushed to be the best for you, mm-hmm. but not being kind of oh, is this going to be too offensive or yeah? And or the beauty else. of live anything, comedy, music, spoken yeah. word, is that it almost disappears in the moment you say it and it's gone and there's no record really of it. People might quote you in a review or remember your jokes, but as soon as something's on film, I usually don't like that. I mean, it's, it's forever. And you're like, it can be misinterpreted. Yep. And you can be held to it and you can be held to, yeah, to something that you said once on one tour. That's, that's now document forever. Have you ever had any scandals with your words? Not really. I, I get stuff. I mean, Today, even, I did a post about merch and I had one guy rewriting the lyrics to Thou Shall Always Kill, which was my first kind yeah. of biggish song, um, to tell me off for having the audacity to sell merch and yes. stuff like that. And it's, it's things like, it's like, that's cool, man. In, <laughs> enjoy yourself. I just kind of, yeah, I laugh it off. But it is weird in this, and, and comedy is a prime example of it, that because it is something more so than music that will vary so much along a tour there'll be so much change and yeah. so much variation yet that one night that happened to be recorded you, your fan base potentially will, will, will have listened to a hundred times and will know f- far better than you know because yeah there might be something that happened that night that only happened that night and you've yeah. moved on and forgotten about it but yeah it's, it's, it's weird that it holds it there it's good though because it forces you to write more yeah obviously and yeah do a new album or a new special whatever but it's it's there and you essentially have to write it off now and 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 move on for that it's exciting though that netflix um particularly as said as you did it as a bit of a gamble that netflix accepted it because i know they're known sometimes even if they like some would say we like that let's re-record it kind of and, and 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 things like that which is always seems weird to me but that's how networks can be yeah. so that must have been a great a relief that you kind of you took that risk you took that gamble and they went yeah no that's that's good let's 
let's put that out. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it was really good that we used to, we, we got to be able to use it because you're right. There was a total uh, option to re-record yeah. and they decided not to take it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's good though. What are they going to fly other people out to London and film it again? Being in London's great for so many reasons. Yeah. Here, we made this thing in London. Let's kind of, 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 of rewind back. You're from Canada. Obviously, everyone in England will regularly misinterpret that as being American. Yeah. I'm sure that's just a constant that you're an American comedian. But so growing up in Canada, were you, was there much of a comedy scene or were you into comedy as you were, were growing up? And I know, again, it's, it sounds so weird that it's this destined ex- exotic land. But I know a lot of the shows on TV and that were quite varied and there was, yeah. you know, specifics. So what were the things influencing you as you grew up? I did value comedy when I was growing up. I did not think that I would be a comedian. It's not that I uh, didn't think that I could, but I just didn't even consider it yeah. in any way. It was just not um, a, a, a real thing that would yeah. ever be available. I didn't want to. No. But um, my big treat on a Friday was to stay up late and watch... Um, late night chat shows with my mom. Yeah. And I loved the format of monologue. I didn't know I was watching stand up. Yeah, of course. I loved it when the man, cause let's face it, it was a man. Always a man. <laughs> stood there and delivered that monologue. Loved, um, the edginess of it being topical. Yeah. And I watched a lot of those nineties sitcoms, like golden girls yeah. was my favorite. It still is <laughs> yeah. one of my holds up. Yeah. Um, and even Seinfeld, which was never as big over here, yeah, was amazing and huge in Canada and America. And Julia Louis Dreyfus was my favorite in that. I, I valued like strong, funny female characters over like these beautiful babes. It's a weird one with Seinfeld because it, it. My brother was really into it, and I didn't didn't get it at the, at the time. I've since understood, and there's some amazing moments. But it's weird how it is one of the biggest shows ever in America and, yeah. and Canada, but didn't necessarily at the time translate that much across the world. I don't understand why. And he did, again, it's, it's revolutionary in that it normally started and ended with some stand-up. Yeah. Which is so, that's that's un, un, unthought of now. Stuart Lee has done that perfectly with his show and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But in general, even that, you kind of look at that and go, that's quite revolutionary for a TV show, but yeah. Seinfeld had stand up at the beginning and end each time. And yeah, it was so good. And, um, you'll be happy to know Seinfeld is available on Netflix. Yes. The- <laughs> true. true. The old episodes. Yeah. Maybe it will have a resurgence. So did you find yourself doing any stand up in, in, in Canada? And so was it kind of, you, you started doing stand up in Canada and then ended up in the UK or, or what was the journey? Like, like what was your route into stand up? So I'm from this small town that I slag off quite a lot in the special, though really I had yeah. a super happy childhood and we did musical theater. I played a lot with my sisters. We didn't have um, iPads and things. Oh, and we, oh, what's the town called? It's, it's called Sarnia. S- Sarnia. That's a wonderful name. It, it freaks, it's, it's freaked me out when I've toured Canada that so, so many of the towns have the same names yeah. of small places in England and like there was Tilbury and Greys and stuff like that which oh, is yeah. near near where I, I grew up but it's like we're in the hills and there's snow everywhere and it was yeah. it's bizarre but yeah I've not heard of Sarnia anywhere That's- Sarnia is about 45 minutes from London right yeah so yeah. there's yeah. that one and then yeah. they were yeah. just like let's yeah. not do to the English yeah. what we've done yeah. we'll just give this place its own name yeah that's like, good. like Narnia but with rednecks all yeah. and sandwiches um, so there, I, there was a musical theater scene there and I was lucky for that because that's where I found my friends and I liked that. Cool. And I always played 
like the ugly stepsister or the comedy character in that. Awesome. Um, so without knowing it, I was kind of doing comedy. Yeah. Violet, don't do that. You can hear that that's really loud, right? <laughs> don't make any noise. <laughs> they, like, everybody's noisy. Um, and this is the noisiest dog of all. I like his Why little snore. you take snow. the dogs downstairs and play? I like his little snoring and grouching. It's, it's fine. It's good to have some background noise. It gives yeah. us some. It gives us some story. That's fine. They just find the loudest thing. <laughs> um, so then for uh, uni, I yeah. went to Toronto, which is the the big city yeah. nearest to where I'm from, and I studied something just really boring city planning there. Oh wow! And that was the time of my life that I wanted to be beautiful. All of a sudden, I yep. didn't like being weird anymore. I wanted to be. Like, are you familiar with Jessica Simpson? Yes. I wanted yes. to be Jessica Simpson. Right. Fair. So I had hair colored skin and skin colored hair. Brilliant. And I <laughs> got a job at Hooters. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Perfect. And I thought, yeah, because it was such a formula. I'm like, okay, my mouth always gets me into trouble. People think I'm strange and I say the wrong things and I was never really cool in my town. I will be taught by Hooters how to be just this really... Um, Oh, how to be Jessica Simpson. It's it's, it's very, at at that point, Jessica Simpson was the archetypal. That's it. um, Yeah, American girl next door, small town type. Because I never wanted to make anybody angry. I wanted, everybody wants to be liked. Yeah. I thought, this is how (laughs) women are like to just be soft and. Amazing. And then it did the opposite because I learned that the girls who walked in with no personality at Hooters didn't last long. They thought that they could get by just by being these beautiful babes. Yeah. They didn't make any money. They weren't happy there. They didn't last long. They left. And Hooters, believe it or not, was completely a matriarchy run by these strong, smart, funny women who were students in uni. Yeah. And it's that cliche of, oh, I'm studying to be a doctor. But they were. They were studying to be a doctor, And it was just the smartest place to, um, it's not a titty bar or anything. I know a lot of people here think that. But it's more like being a cheerleader with chicken wings. Yep. Yep. It's um, misinterpreted over here hugely as being some kind of strip joint or whatever else. I remember when I was 18, I tried to to live in America briefly. And I was out there on my own. And once I went into a Hooters and was stunned that it was just a place to eat with nice people. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. It's more (laughs) sporty American than anything else. Kids eat free on weekends. It's a great place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, obviously, the women who work there are for decoration. Yeah, sure. And things start to happen there where I'd be told off for saying this or for saying that. I still wasn't getting it right. Hooters was not doing the job that it yeah. promised to do. Um, and the owner, after I participated in one Miss Hooters bikini pageant, <laughs> said the next time that I could present the bikini pageant... Right. And be the man with yeah. the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't believe he said yes, but that's really what I wanted to do. And that's then people amazing. started to say, oh, you're really funny presenting that. And we really liked having you. We didn't feel creeped out. And then uh, I started doing stand-up comedy next door to the Hooters was the comedy club in Toronto. Yeah. I just did it as a laugh. I didn't think it would be a job. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause, yeah. Because cause the beautiful thing there is <clears throat> anything that you will have said to customers while serving that you'd get told off for or been seen as offensive. If you say that when holding a mic and presenting yeah. a show, it's hilarious and it's acceptable. It's that weird switch of, oh no, you're allowed to be a bit offensive now or a bit abrasive yeah. or whatever else. That's it. And so it's just dumb luck. I think most people fall into what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to be a comedian. I wanted to work at Hooters. Yeah. yeah that's I still perfect. do. One day, Violet won't remember, <clears throat> but when she was very small, maybe you remember this. 
she found a photo. Uh, we were going through things and it was Halloween at Hooters. I was wearing the uniform, but I had a cowboy hat on or something. And she saw all the girls there and she went, Oh, mommy, this is beautiful. When was this? And I said, Oh, that's when I used to be uh, working at Hooters. And she looked at me so earnestly. She goes, mommy, you should never give up trying to be a servant. <laughs> Hundred percent. You can get back there. You You can make your own way back there. You were like two. (laughs) So Violet thought when she was two that I was just doing the stand-up thing to try and get get back to to Hooters. Hooters. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I love the idea of everyone working in Hooters is doing it while they're studying to be a lawyer or get into acting, and everyone who's in comedy is doing it while they're they're studying to try and get into Hooters or or TGI Fridays (laughs) or or wherever is available. So what was your route um, into the UK? This isn't a, 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 a Brexit questionnaire. I'm not, yeah. I'm, I'm not just trying to find how you came here legally. Yeah. But yeah, what brought you over here if you'd kind of started to make way in comedy in, in Toronto? And yeah. um, what led you over? Legally, my dad is Irish, so I have an Irish passport and a Canadian yep. passport. Great. I'm good when England and America <laughs> go south. Like, I'm fine on both sides. Yeah. For the record, yes. I will get away quickly. But um, uh, Violet's dad actually said, oh, the comedy scene in London is so good. He yeah. was doing comedy at the time. And he said, we have to go to London. And I said, no, I will never go to London. I'd been to Ireland so often. And yeah. I wasn't allowed to actually have fun there because I was too young. Right, right. And my dad, I think, had too much fun there when he lived there. So I he see. knew. Um, <laughs> and then I said, well, I don't want to break up exactly. So I'll come and try it for a month. And then I stayed for another month. And I yeah. stayed for six months. And then I properly moved over here January 2008. But I was working in an office. Oh, wow. I wasn't really... I was dabbling in comedy. Yeah. But still, I did not... I'm very, uh, I guess... Well, not academic, but raised that way to be... Yeah. Um, careful and to have something to fall back on. I thought you're all crazy thinking this is a career. We must work in an office and do this. And then yeah. people just gradually started hiring me more. It's weird when you g- 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 get to that point where you can go, all oh, right, no, this is a, le- a legitimate job now. This yeah. is a career. And it's normally at a point where everyone else has thought that and accepted that of you <laughs> yeah. for a long time. And it's, it's, you're normally the last one to go, Oh right, no, this is what I do for a living. This is this is good. You should probably never stop being afraid though. And yeah. Thinking it can all be taken away when yeah. you're when you're freelance at any job. Yeah. It's but good I am to have not too proud. Yeah, I would go back I mean not to a Hooters. They wouldn't have me now, but I could maybe be the like manager at a Hooters that I've start smoking and yeah. like golf shirts. It's a good look. I, I yeah. I've I've always maintained I thoroughly enjoyed working in retail. I worked in record stores and stuff like that, and I was really good at it. Yeah. So, so, so my thing has always been, if this, this, this doesn't work out, I know I'm good at that still, so I can go back to that and yeah. and smash that with no sh- sh- shame. I'll shave my beard off and no one will be able to <laughs> identify me anyway, so it'll be fine. That's true. Um, uh, so how did you find the, the London comedy scene? Because it's, it's known for being, number one, a, a, a great place to learn and 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 apply your trade but number two cutthroat and competitive as well and mm. as a woman and a misidentified american yeah. um, that, that did, did you feel that helped you stand out or was that something that you, you felt you had to fight against well it definitely helped me stand out yeah uh because i sound silly right away to these people yeah. as soon as i talk so yeah. that's great also i think being a minority as much as it has its 
drawbacks. I I always look at everything as being positive. I try to find the silver lining. So you can look at it and say, well, there aren't as many women on panel shows. But I look at it and go, ooh, there aren't as many women on panel shows. There are good sides and bad to everything. And so I had a, a really lovely upbringing where I didn't, it didn't occur to me that things might be harder for me as a woman at all. And I found the comedy community to be really supportive and feminist. And at a low level, maybe there are bookers who will say, wow, we have too many girls on the bill or you only get that stuff at a really low level. And then it's just been lovely for me, I think, but I'm really positive all the time. And again, there's genuinely a lot of, of 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 value in that appearance, uh, not faking it until you make it. But that, yeah. as you said, that kind of appearance of well, if you're an American and you're over here, it's <laughs> yeah. for a good reason, rather than you happen to come over and you're yeah. moving over with a a, a guy and and so on and, yeah. and so forth. It's like well, you deserve this slot and you deserve yeah. these opportunities, and then you it's your job then to go and, uh, and make the most of that, right? Yeah, I've loved it. I think. Uh, you try to be like everybody else when you're young, maybe stereotype. I did anyway, try to be like Jessica Simpson and all the things that I hated about myself and wanted to change are the things that make me have the career that I have now. Just looking a little bit cartoony and talking this way and being annoying and awkward is what (laughs) my whole job is. Yeah. That's perfect. Or was there anyone that you found on the UK scene that was kind of influencing you early on or anyone in comedy in general that was making you, obviously, when you, when your goal was to work in Hooters, an influence <laughs> was Jessica Simpson. Who was there on the comedy scene that kind of made you go, oh, oh. look what they're doing. I want to, I want to kind of do that. Well, I really loved uh, American comics first. Yeah. Because I hadn't really heard of many British comics when I first came here. Yeah. I knew... Um, that Rich Hall was over here yep. doing great things. And Mike Wilmot is Canadian yeah. and we loved him. He was really famous in Canada yeah. and he had a career over here. Uh, it's so weird that divide still, isn't it? Yeah. That, that there is still co- uh, British comedians that are huge over here and completely unknown in America as such and vice versa. I think that's of- sweet though, that we all live in our own little ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on a, a panel show with someone on Coronation Street. Yeah. And there was an American on the panel, and she said, oh, no, I, in Coronation Street, we do this, or whatever. And he said, what's Coronation Street? She's like, oh, excuse me, what's Coronation Street? Like, she could not <laughs> believe. I could not imagine a world without yeah. the awareness of Coronation yeah. Street. I knew what it was. My dad always watched it growing yeah. up, and we do have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm the center of the universe, and you got That's it wrong. brilliant. Yeah. I love that. But then I started to meet... British comedians, yeah. and right away I was, I noticed how literary comedy was over mm-hmm. here compared to the way it was back home. Yeah, I think it's far more advanced. Alternative acts yeah, in yeah, Canada yeah. maybe aren't seen as alternative over here. There are yeah. all these different uh, voices, and it's really diverse and different types of comedy: musical comedy, sketch comedy. I had really not done comedy for long in Canada, but my experience was these white men who needed to be able to gig in Saskatchewan and talk about fucking like that was, yeah. it's like kind of <laughs> yeah. one. And I don't blame that because they've got to survive as well. Yeah. But, uh, the counterparts that I started with in Canada have never really reached the success that I think they deserve. Yeah. 
and I wish that they had come with me because all the people over here, we call it's like school. Yeah. I was in a year of new acts with Josh Widdicombe and Sarah Pascoe, yep. Mike Wozniak, and who yeah. else was in that? Sean Walsh was yeah. around then, and then Ramesh came along, and all the people who are still my very close friends, people I see all the time, Yeah, we started together, yeah. and they've all been so nice. It re- Maybe people are cutthroat, but it's all happening behind my back. I've never seen any of it. Completely. It's, it's, it's weird, because I, I expected, like, the first time i went up and did uh, the edinburgh fringe again yeah. i'd heard that there was there was bitchiness and competitiveness but i had any time or the few nights out i had i'm incredibly anti-social yeah. but the few nights out i had it was with brett goldstein and ramesh and and um and, and, and chris ramsey and everyone seemed to to love everyone else it didn't yeah. seem to be this it was just before they started to to announce who was up for awards so yeah. that might have have changed things instantly <laughs> but yeah it always seemed like a lovely a community and i think that's what's great about the current strong s- s- scene in, in comedy in this country is it does seem to be everyone's everyone's a fan of each other everyone's yeah. pushing each other and, and, and raising each other up as such it's really great and people set the tone so sarah milliken was wildly yeah. successful yeah. before any of us were on tv and she always organizes this um, ladies' lunch when we go to Edinburgh. And she's Amazing. always there to, to text you and go, oh, I heard you're filming your DVD. Do you need to know anything? Because fantastic. I, yeah, she, but I think it takes, uh, everybody has their little political system, I think. And it yeah. takes a strong leader to teach everyone else how to behave. That's I great. think if yeah. we had guys and girls at the top who were, you know, fascist, yeah. Then it might trickle down. It would all trickle down, yeah. yeah. we're really lucky. So, so how's... What are your ex- experiences of The Fringe? I always end up uh, talking about The Fringe with comedians because I do think it's just... I think anyone who hasn't been is missing out on such a, a unique thing. And again, it's really... It surprises Americans a lot because they yeah. don't have anything like it where you're just there for the whole month just doing shows every night and l- literally there's... Several hundred shows on every yeah. night. It's just such an amazing, creative, and motivating place. How was that to to be part of and to jump into? I really love it, and I, uh, I get a special pleasure out of Americans who think that they're the business. Yeah, and then they come over and they don't do so well, and they're like, "Well, hang on a sec." But it's different. I, I mean, I haven't gigged in America really, but it seems different over there. They don't get to do an hour, not yeah. very often anyway, yeah. unless they're touring. And it's this different beast, and it doesn't matter who you are, how important you think you are. Yeah. And then everybody's supportive. Everybody's really good friends. Everybody yeah. just like mixes and, and sees each other's shows and things. It's, I love it over it, there. It's such a weird thing that's so normal. Again, every time my American mates, like, I got. Sage Francis and, and B. Dolan to come over last year to uh-huh. do a spoken word show. And they were cautious before because they were like, I've always had good crowds in Scotland, but I don't think I could do like tw- 20 shows. I'm like, no, it's not Scottish people. No, it's, it's like 10% of the crowd is Scottish. <laughs> just, it's such a genius concept that you just go to one place and everyone yeah. comes from all around the country. Yeah. It's a tour in one room. It's The Scottish people are in genius. Spain renting their houses yeah. out for Exa- thousands And making a lot of money, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, I really enjoyed again on, on on Netflix. There was a there's a special of Hannibal Buress coming over and doing Edinburgh, yeah. and I loved that because he had exactly what you, you, you said. He came in very confident, and then he had that 
that that bit in the middle where he was like this isn't going how I thought and he hated it and it's it's, it's a really dark documentary because it is there's points where he's saying I might just cancel the rest of the shows because no. it's not working I'm, I'm I'm losing my energy and he's a downbeat comedian anyway he's like, I'm losing <laughs> my energy I'm losing I'm not feeling this and then it turns around in the end but it was great to watch that and be like yes that's that's how weird it is it's not oh. this simple you go there and it's all rosy but no, I haven't seen it yet it's really good it's worth a watch I recommend it I mean um, I've had good Edinburgh's and bad the, the first one I did was a nightmare Violet was 18 months or something and uh, I didn't believe that people would want to listen to me speak for an hour right and I was right you know I was kind of just starting out <laughs> turns but I out thought, it turns out I was quite onto something but I, I wrote all these songs and I made it a musical because I thought if I can intersperse these bits of talking with these songs, yeah, and I talked. Was about- that a comfort thing from starting off doing yeah. musical theatre and stuff as a as a teen? I guess totally was. Yeah, yeah. a comfort zone of going. I've got some jokes, but there's no pressure to laugh because it's a musical yeah. as well. It's yeah, just a multi a multimedia thing. A song, yeah, I knew that, uh, but that was bad. A great shout. Yeah, Did and that, I got it Ill. didn't work out. No, people really hated it. It had a very, very small cult following. Yeah. I think you mentioned Brett Goldstein. Yeah. He and Sarah Pascoe, my friend, came to see it. Yeah. I think those two They're people. two of the first acts I saw in my <laughs> yeah. one year up there. I saw yeah. Brett as show and Sarah as show and loved them both. Again, it's that thing with Edinburgh of, you, if, it's, if you're doing it right, you get to hone a show like you would nowhere else. On tour, it's always a variation. But in Edinburgh, it's that one, it's under such a microscope that you really you get to know uh, which bits are genuinely good and which bits are just getting by on energy or which bits are getting by on what is kind of yeah but Edinburgh really used to be for a work in progress it was a trade show of just getting a show together and then touring it but people have started Edinburgh previews already yeah and they'll have this polished polished show by August so it is kind of evolving so how was it the first year that you had a really good Edinburgh after starting off with a musical that didn't really work, yeah. but it was a musical that didn't really work. That's, I mean, number one, it's going to be hard to do a musical comedy show every night and have that energy, even more so when you've got a young child yeah. with you as well. It was, it was an ambitious, yeah, and the show ambitious was at attempt. And yeah. then the show was at midnight. Damn, that was, yeah, it was great. That's challenging. So, it was, I looked so great though. I lost so much weight that month. <laughs> yeah, I got really ill. Some kind of stress flu where I just couldn't even get up the stairs. Damn. I was gorgeous. And Edinburgh is all stairs. It's <laughs> yeah. 100% stairs and yeah. heels. It's... Luckily I had a pram. So everything was difficult. <laughs> yeah, that sounds tough. But, uh, then I had a year off and I went back with a stand-up show that was fine. And then yeah. I went back with another one that was a little bit better than that. And I think there is no 180 ever yeah. where it wasn't good and then it was great. It's that gradual. Everything. I love uh, Michelle Obama, who I'll be quoting yeah. uh, for the next four years at least. Yeah. She spoke, because she's so brilliant, about, yeah. um, I think she spoke to under privileged children or children who hadn't been given everything and how they're at an advantage because when they're disappointed, it's not the first time ever that they've been disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she said, as long as you keep moving forward and there'll be a storm and there'll be all these crazy, keep moving forward. And that really is life. Be like baby steps most of the time. It's, 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 it's a great quote and, and yeah, outlook to to have in mind as a touring comedian, I'd imagine, because again, comedy tours tend to be really long yeah. and a lot in a row and if you allow 
one moment from one show that didn't quite work to take you off your stride, then it could take you a long time to get up to speed again. If you know what I mean, it can, it can knock you off hugely. So, and if you look at the tour dates, if you go, I'm only doing 200 dates, then you won't do one. You won't, you won't get out of bed. Yeah. I only know what's happening for maybe three days at a time. That's perfect. That's the way to be. Otherwise (laughs) it is far too daunting. It's just, it's, it's work. Um, uh, we touched upon panel shows and that's probably where I first uh, became aware of you and came across you. Uh, what's been your experiences of, of, of panel shows? I've spoken to different people. I've spoken to or uh, Sarah Pascoe a couple of times and mm. at one point absolutely hating the experience and feeling it to be a horrible thing and then at other points a winning QI and it's the best it's, yeah. it's the best thing in the world. So uh, what's have been your experience of it. it you did come along at an era where or again you started to come on these shows at an era where there was a lot of talk of their their having to add more uh, women and are they there on merit or are they there on gender and the beautiful thing now is i think that talk seems to have died down because of just how how funny everyone is that's on there there doesn't appear to be anyone who's just there because they look right on tv because that was was kind of an an argument at the time i remember speaking to josie long about it and her saying how it was tough because certain people and again it's 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 no discredit it could be someone off a reality show or anything else are being put on these shows because they look a certain way but then that's a bad representation of female comedians or females on comedy shows so yeah yeah. Well, I don't know. I've not really asked a question there. I've, I've spoken no, for a minute or so on comment. You've asked a few <laughs> questions there, and I know yeah, what they yeah, are. Yeah. Uh, it is a little bit annoying when they'll have uh, a beautiful babe, as I call them, just uh-huh. a reality star, someone who's not a comedian, with yeah. touring veteran male comedians, because, of course, someone will look at that and say, yeah. women aren't funny. Well, that girl is not on tour. That yeah. girl does eyebrows. Like, what? No. Uh, and it's also dangerous to say, well, we need more women who are comedians. Okay, that woman's been going eight months. Let's get her on the show with these veteran touring male comedians because there's yeah. a discrepancy there yeah. as well. Yeah, completely. Um, I am careful not to subscribe to any narrative that I don't think applies to me. And so I can only speak from my personal experience is that I've had a really lovely time on yeah. shows. Always lovely. I never feel that... Um, paranoia of oh they're just gonna edit me to be laughing at the boys i laugh at the boys i don't mind laughing at the yeah. boys and what else i know is that people feel really happy when they see another person laughing a lot especially yeah. a woman yeah i think um women in some dating poll or something women said oh i want a, a funny man and men said i want a funny woman yeah but for the women a funny man was someone who made them laugh and for the men, a funny woman was someone who laughed at their That's jokes. That's interesting. And so I don't even mind. Like, am I stupid? No, I need to pay the rent. I was broke as a joke with a small baby. Yeah. I'm not going to question right. why you have me on the panel show. Yeah. I will be prepared and do my research and come on and do the best that I can do. I will also have an amazing dress, amazing heels, really pretty hair, earrings, and I will tweet everyone where I got everything after I come off stage because yeah. I don't care why... Stacy from Essex tuned in and why she decided to tweet me. She doesn't have to understand my joke about yeah, the, the alt right. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there are different things for different people. And, and it, you just it, have to do you. Again, it's a great point. I, I, I always remember there was a period where I, a James Calden was on eight out of 10 cats quite regularly. 
and I always loved it. And some people go, I don't like him. He's not this. I always loved it. And I realised it's because he laughed as much at Sean Locke as I laugh at Sean Locke. So I was purely enjoying him being in tears of laughter at Sean. It wasn't particularly anything he said or anything he did. I just enjoyed sharing in that moment. And then kind of uh, equally, I won the things that, again, that, that, that toughness of having... Uh, experienced two of veteran males and 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 even the comedians her women on there that might not be as as well known is again it's that thing that you're already prepared to laugh at sean Locke because he's sean Locke. you're not prepared at who this is but i've seen that on both sides i remember the first a few times i've seen joe wilkinson on and cracking up myself but feeling the the room wasn't particularly getting him. It wasn't going out. Now he's a regular on panel shows. He yeah. just walks in the room and everyone's in tears yeah. of laughter. But I remember the first time, yeah, of, of him as well, of that similarity of him saying a weird stuff and people being, it's a bit of a weird <laughs> thing to say. It's like, well, that's, that's, that's why it's, that's why it's funny. Yeah. That's, that's but again, the, even if your first joke dies, you have to keep moving forward and act like you never said it. Or, yeah. um, the first panel show that I did was eight out of 10 cats and yeah. Hannibal Bress, who you mentioned was on yep. it. Sean Locke was on it and I was really nervous. It was the first telly I'd ever done. And I thought, oh, how can I be, even just in the makeup room, how can I be as funny as John or as Sean or as Jimmy or as Hannibal? What am I going to do? And it was this really clear moment where I was just like, oh, I I can't do them. So I just have to do me. And I was lucky to have that defining moment because if you're doing an impression of somebody else, yeah. you're never going to be as good as they yeah. are. Yeah, and completely. some people will get you and some people won't, but that's fine. Again, it's it's that right outlook of like, I'm going to go out there and enjoy it and do yeah. do what I do best. And then if that makes it in the edit, if that makes it in this, I'm not overthinking that. Yeah. It's just going enjoy it. But also what type of horrible person expects everyone to like them? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? And I feel comforted when people dislike me almost. I, I argue this all the time. I've, I've never understood, I've never done Big Brother or anything like it, but I've never understood the the offence that people get when they're voted out. Because that's yeah. not saying that people hate you. It's just saying that they like other people in the house more. Yeah. There's only 10 people. You can't expect to be, oh, I'm definitely going to be the most the most popular. It's like, that. Yeah. you shouldn't take offence at that. Um I don't know why I'm talking about Big Brother, but uh, <laughs> a show that has been a, one of my absolute f- f- favourites of recent years, and I rave about it on online all the time, has been Taskmaster. Yeah. And you got to do a series two of that. Um, I remember who it was. We were with Joe Rook, uh, Wilkinson and Doc Brown and John Richardson and Richard Osmond. How was that? I think that's, it's, 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 it's one of my favourite shows because it's just such a good... It feels like it puts you guys under not that much... Yeah. pressure because it's not saying give us five minutes of material it's saying here's something for you to do yeah. and then just what happens happens it's so much fun you should do taskmaster i'd love to i think <gasps> it's the best i mean it was so much fun to be on and the crew <laughs> always said be careful about how quickly it goes because everyone who's done it says they want to come back and do it again yeah uh and the tasks <laughs> are you almost can't enjoy them in the moment because you're thinking you're competitive already. We all have that personality trait, I guess, in this industry to an extent. And you're, excuse me, you're just thinking about how to complete the task in front of you in that moment. And then the funniest time is when we're all in the studio with the taskmaster watching them back. Cause we will not have, 
Yeah. We're not allowed to talk about it. Of course. We don't know how anyone else did. So you can sit there and think, oh, I really nailed this task. Watch me come first. And you've absolutely... And then it turns out it's terrible. Yeah. It's so fun. And you're right, really relaxing. Yeah. Just be yourself. Uh, I, I think- just remember being in tears of laughter. Um, I'm, sh- I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure it was one of your tasks where you had the revelation of the strength of triangles. Oh yeah. Um, and it was, it was just the, the most beautiful, I've got this. Yeah. I've absolutely nailed this. And then again, I don't think you won well, that, that one. A- you, you won the series though. So again, there's kind of, I did win pride series. to be taken there, right? I'm very proud. But <laughs> that was a specific task where we were designed to fail. They had given us instruments that could never build a bridge. Right. Yeah, and then yeah, there yeah. were hidden <laughs> instruments. Yeah. But I made triangles out of straws. And I was right. Yeah. Strong shape is a yeah. triangle. Yeah, it's and hers. had there been more straws, we'd all be thinking Catherine Ryan is a genius. But it didn't work out no, on that day. No. Um, we spoke of you kind of starting out in, 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 in musical theatre and, and things like that at school. And you've acted in, in campus and in, in episodes and, and things like that. Is, is, is acting something on your on your radar still? Is it, is it, is it something... That, that you wanted to do more of and be involved in more, or is stand-up kind of the the main focus? Well, I don't want to close any doors, but I think actors are just awful, lamentable people, <laughs> soulless creatures. I hate being in a room with most of them. Not all of them. Yep. There are some very human actors, and those actors will know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I saw an interview with uh, Kristen Stewart, yep. and she's just, bless her, she was a child in the interview, like yeah. 19, and they said... Oh, you have some time off. You must be excited about that. And she stared back blankly and she said, no, when someone doesn't give me a script, then I don't know who to be. Oh, wow. That's yeah, dark. It was dark. And I went, oh, God, that's it. She nailed what I hate about most actors. Yeah. <clears throat> Luckily for me, I'm a terrible actress. So <laughs> if I'm ever in something, which has been... A joy. I like anything to do with comedy. Yeah. But I'm usually playing myself. Yeah. And I'm comfortable enough in myself now that I can do that. Yeah, yeah. When it's asked of me and yeah. if it's inspiring, if it's funny, if I think it's funny, or if I've written it, then yeah, I can do. Yeah, even better. But can I be someone who would call herself an actress? No. And I don't like hanging around with the rest of them so we can forget it. It's 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 great because, again, <laughs> there's there seems to be so, so, so many trades or or jobs that are seen as as a a stepping stone to something else with podcasting was always asking me are you going to do a tv show or something it's like no this is i like i like the podcast i don't particularly want to do that stuff on tv that'd be weird but comedy is one that is often seen as are you then going to write a script or act in this and i when i asked stuart leon it was great because he was saying he'd come to the realization that he wants to do this and and then die. And that's it. It's like just keep doing this. He's like, I've I've yeah. got what I like. I like my one man shows. I like touring. I like this. That's it. It's not a, a means to an end or a, a leading no. on to this or that. It's no. That is the goal. You're already achieving it. But I didn't even know I was going to do this. So yeah. if you'd asked me ten years ago, will you be a comedian? I'd say no. We have to take the mega bus. And I have to work with boys, and I'm going to be Jessica Simpson. Perfect. So you never know. So, so, so what is the plan going forward? We're getting up to the hour mark, so I'll I'll, okay. I'll I'll wrap things up now. Oh, what are the goals going forward? Is it is the next focus working on a new hour and a new special, or or what's the plan? Right now, I'm working on a new special. Yeah. 
or I mean, I'll take just a new five minutes at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm trying a to have something that might become a new special. Yeah. I'm trying to have a life to write about a life, yeah. but also, uh, I worked really hard for a long time out of necessity and we're at a position now where we can kind of relax and I yes. am really lazy. I don't have a social life and all I want to do is sit home most nights with the dogs when I'm not touring. Yeah. So I want to do one or the other. I think Joan Rivers, for example, yeah. died, well, doing what she loved yeah. under the knife, but yeah. she worked until her death and you can do that in this job and yeah. Betty White is still working. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah, 95. Yeah. This is not something that you have to retire from if you're lucky. Yeah. But I just want to have uh, more freedom to do some more long-form projects and work on the things that, yeah. that I think are meaningful. Well, you've got to a, a, a live a bit of life to keep coming up with new material and new stuff, <laughs> stuff right? I'd, I'd imagine if it's just constantly on the road, you're going to get to a point where all you're writing about is so familiar or so... Yeah introspective of of comedians and comedy that it stops yeah. it stops working no, so it's weird because i said uh i had some other material about having bought a house yeah and one of my agents said don't say you just bought a house because people won't like you if you just bought a house and i was like well but i did just buy a house and then all these things happened and then on the other side you have jerry seinfeld <laughs> yeah who was at the comedy store a few months ago for the first time since the 70s yeah. or something yeah and he was saying, oh, you know, when you're in a movie theater, Jerry Seinfeld's not in a movie theater. <laughs> I don't believe that for a second. Of course yes. he's not. Like, give these people some credit. Yeah. Yes, I just bought a house. It is the most expensive and the smallest house anyone in my family has ever owned. So yeah. have that. That's good. Like, it's I'm beautiful. Ready, it's sm- tiny. Uh, 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 how do you, you balance three dogs on your lap? No, uh, um, th- yeah. m- multiple animals, a, a daughter... <laughs> Yeah. with touring so when you do have those long touring runs how do you yeah how do you make that work and and, and balance it because this is the perfect setup for doing exactly as you said of, yeah. of sitting at home yeah. and cuddling dogs and watching films and relaxing but maybe not the perfect setup for touring the world and no <laughs> it's not well you can't be a complete nomad with yeah. a small child i mean you could like in captain america <laughs> but Violet goes to school next door and she wants dogs and I never say no because she hasn't done anything (laughs) wrong yet. She's just so lovely. She's such a good kid that I always say yes. And I used to be a seven-year-old girl and I wanted dogs. So here we are with the dogs. As soon as you have a child, you can have pets because somebody's always home with the child. I have a really good babysitter when I'm on the road. It's the perfect excuse to have dogs. You've got to have a child so that you can have dogs. I'm not crazy. I'm just a really good mom. (laughs) Uh, It was easier when Violet was a baby because we had no pets. Yeah. And I could put her literally on my back and take her on stage. Amazing. She just sat there. That's amazing. And I wouldn't mention it. Just be like, that's all. (laughs) But now she has these social engagements and she has school so yeah, yeah, uh, of course if i'm touring if i'm anywhere uh durham or closer then yeah. i drive home that night yeah and so i get it it's nice house, though right it's nice of not being in yeah in hotels all the time and getting to come home and yes getting to enjoy animals <laughs> that's what donald trump's doing i think he has like ocd supposedly there's there's yeah. there's kind of I, I believe there's a minimum amount of nights he has to spend yeah. in the White House. What a cruel so, punishment. Such a weird... I'm the president. I have to sleep here every Thursday and, and, and Friday. Yeah. But other than that, I'm allowed to go home to my other 
huge, ostentatious mansion. Well, luckily, climate change is a myth. Otherwise, that would put quite a footprint. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll end it there. Thank, thank you, you for me. chatting. And yeah, so again, oh, what's the name of the Netflix special? Let's plug this properly at the end as we're okay. at that point. Well, when I toured it, it was called Kath Bum, because mm-hmm. that's what my family called me growing up. Yeah. And it's a little bit about my family. But then uh, Netflix changed the name to Catherine Ryan in trouble. Ooh. So that's kind of, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, if you're listening to this now, I'm probably in the middle of some scandal that <laughs> I did not foresee. It's uh, it perfectly named. Yeah. Catherine Ryan <laughs> in trouble. I'm always in trouble, but I hope you like it. And it's um, streams on Netflix from February 14th. That's perfect. Well, thank you very much for chatting. Thank Cheers. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Squibbish Pit's Discretion Pieces. There we go. That was Catherine Ryan. What a lovely a lady. That was an absolute pleasure. She was insanely welcoming and brilliantly open. I hope you enjoyed that. Next week, I teased it earlier. Next week, I'm joined by Dave Johns, who's the lead in I, Daniel Blake, the Ken Loach film that, that won outstanding British movie at the BAFTAs. Um, I adore this film. I've, ram- I've rambled about it uh, before. I give my my films of the year every year on on online, and it was in that. It's a fantastic film, and it's a fantastic podcast. If if I may be so bold, um, it's a great conversation. He's an amazing dude, and yeah, we it's 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 crazy because he's not a young man, and his career has suddenly just gone gone crazy, and he's got an amazing story. It's it's. He was close to to throwing it all in. He was he he was done with the entertainment business. Um, when you hear what he was going to do instead, it's fantastic. And literally, he'd started to line things up, and he got a phone call about this film. And within two years, he's at every awards ceremony, um, winning awards left, right, and centre for this amazing film and his amazing performance, um, and an amazing subject. So you're going to enjoy that one. I've also got upcoming, I've got Susan Wacoma, I'm going to have Dan Hardy back on, Um, I've got loads, I've got loads, I've got Holly Ross of The Lovely Eggs, that's a fantastic episode, you're going to enjoy that, Um, there's there's basically loads to come, so thank you for tuning in and keep doing so, spread the word on that, uh, I've had a lot of emails recently from people who've just started listening, and in the early episodes I used to talk a lot about how word of mouth is key, and I, I wonder if I take that for granted a bit these days, but it still is absolutely key. We've still not got any marketing budgets and all the all the articles that have been written about this podcast and all the love and praise that we get has come from you guys spreading it about and, and, and telling people about it. And that's still absolutely key. So yeah, thank you very much. Um, I'll catch you next week. Ta-ta.